Hey, welcome to the Sharon Jesus Podcast, where we share stories, awesome ministry moments, and everything in between. And joining me today on this episode is our lead pastor, Michael Reese, and our student pastor, Rob Cox. And if you can tell by this episode, we're going to dive deep into Rob's story. And because we were so invested in the beginning of this episode, we really forgot to record an intro, so that's what I'm doing now. And I'm just going to kind of throw you off in the beginning of our conversation, and you'll catch on really easy. Thank you so much for joining us today. with these episodes is a lot of people know you guys and I know your family and know where you're kind of from but they just don't know like really kind of how you got where you are yeah. in life which He's is here but how did he get here? right and like you said people in ministry they're normal people they've just been through life just like everybody else mm-hmm. uh, and so it's cool just to really get to know you dive deep into your story uh, and we'll pastor you can kind of take it from here and we'll kind yep. of dive into you know we already the did. Younger Rob. Yep. We did younger this uh, here, the last podcast, with uh, we interviewed Brother Sean. Brother uh, Rob was out spending time with his family, which is a great thing when, that you can do. And uh, and Brother Sean is missing an action day. He's actually working on a devotional and slash he's got schoolwork. He's working on his MDiv. And that was brought up in the um, uh, description in his story last week. So, Rob, just t- where did Rob Cox, Robert Cox, grow up in this state? I grew up in Camden, Arkansas, or I guess I spent some time in Bearden as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Washita County, that's that's my roots. That's where like my whole family is from. Both sets of grandparents are either in Camden or Bearden, and it's pretty cool growing up. And I uh, really didn't realize how big of a blessing it was in my life until I got to college. Mm-hmm. But I still, to to this day, I have both sets of grandparents, and I didn't realize how much of a blessing that was until I got in college. But they were both there, Camden and Bearden, 15 minutes apart. And uh, that, that is that, a blessing. That's my stomping ground. So if you want to know the deep, dark stories, you go visit Washita County. So well, people, you might find somebody. Yeah, there's people out there who probably doesn't even know how to spell Washita. It starts Ooh, with a Washita. W. <laughs> <laughs> starts with the O. It starts, starts with, with a, an O. Starts yeah. with an O. Well, that. Uh, so you're growing up there, and that's where you go to school. You graduated from Bearden. Graduated from Bearden. Yep, I was a. I was a, uh, a coach's kid. 2008. 2008, graduation year. Yeah, and I actually had spent some time previously in Bearden as well. We, uh, My mom had always worked in Bearden. She was a postmaster there, and uh, dad was a coach in Camden. He coached there for 19 years before he moved to Bearden. And so uh, uh, we actually just, we were like, uh, parents were just renting houses growing up. And so we moved to Bearden. So mom didn't have to travel as far for work. She was just like literally half mile from work. And so we just lived there. So we just naturally, I just changed schools and went there fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And then seventh grade started, of course, athletics comes. Dad's a coach in Camden. I start riding with him. Eventually we moved back to Camden, mm. buy a house. And we live in Camden, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, as well as 10th grade, we are in Camden. And then uh, dad got the head coaching job at Bearden. 
Uh, he was assistant coach at Camden. Uh, got the head coaching job at Bearden, moved up there. He was a successful coach, and I was able to uh, play high school football, basketball, baseball, track, all that stuff, uh, represent the school. And, now, uh, back then, whenever you were at Bearden, how, what size school was Bearden? We were a 2A school, small school. Seemed like big city, uh, you know, growing up to some of those kids that live out in the sticks, uh, out in the country. Uh, Fun life for you know, go full wheel riding just on a Tuesday afternoon, just whatever. And you, you I know. noticed that growing up, you know, growing up in Hamburg, and Rob yeah, was coaching there similar. some too, and he'll get into that later. But like when you're in Arkansas, and I think honestly, I think it's the same for a lot of students in your class, especially in sports world, you really only know like that's the all you know is like schools in your class. Oh yeah, you don't know anything. You don't, else. you don't really know. Uh, that's what excited me about going to like track meets. Yeah, uh, you know, on the football field, we were really good. Like we, uh, this is going to sound very uh, prideful, I guess, but we won the game in pregame a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We were just intimidating to people. We had a great class. Uh, we had a great sophomore class as well. And uh, but you would only see in in the helmet and uh, the pads and all that. But when you go in the spring, you see everybody at one location, right? Cause we're all there at the trap meet. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So it seemed like, you know, you're, you're representing your town, but really you're only representing within our conference. I mean, probably less than 10,000 people collectively in right. towns, right, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. small, you know, small community, but it's big to them, right? It's all about perspective, uh, perspective there. And so, mm. uh, yeah, uh, just went to school at Bearden. It was small school two a graduated with 2008 was the largest at the time. I think there's been a few bigger 62 a whopping number of 62 graduates from Bearden High So you High played school. football all through junior high, high school. Oh, man. Second grade. Did, did y'all make any runs? Make any runs? Yeah, man. We uh, we were actually really good. Uh, uh, seventh grade, uh, played at Camden, didn't lose a game. Uh, eighth grade, Camden, did not lose a game. I broke my arm. We actually tied that game. Broke my arm in the eighth grade. My thumb was... Uh, you remember who warning graphic content here. My thumb was touching my forearm. Oh, it was bent back that far. We was playing Texarkana because uh, my dad's best friend was the coach at, for the other team. And I remember him running out there on the field, Coach Lloyd. And uh, anyway, we played against them. Uh, eighth grade, we tied that game 0-0 but didn't lose again. Ninth grade, we ended up beating them. Uh, came back, arm was strong. Uh, <laughs> undefeated there. We were really good. On that ninth grade team uh, – Man, if we could have had a playoff or something, we'd have like been state champs. Uh, five uh, players on my dad's ninth grade team. My dad was our ninth grade coach. Five of them played for the Razorbacks from just that one team. Wow! Five. Oh wow! Yeah. Hold on. Brian, Levance, Jim, DeAnthony, and then me. So yeah, that's five of us, and then several others. There was that signing class, two thousand eight. I think there was 13 scholarships signed that day for football. So we were really good in ninth wow. grade. Tenth grade, we got a new coach, uh, Coach uh, Buck James, who's now the coach at Bryant. Uh, he came in, changed some stuff around. Uh, and at, at the time, uh, not going to lie, I was not a big Buck James fan. You know, just player, he came in, changed everything up, put a system in, right? Uh, but in hindsight, it worked, right? Uh, it just took time, and his system was set a certain way. He built for that. Eventually won a state championship in 2012. But, uh, yeah, uh, when we went to Bearden, when Dad got the job at Bearden, uh, my 11th grade year, because he was just still an assistant at Camden, uh, we immediately went there, and we went 12-2 and first year, got beat in the semifinals of the playoffs. And uh, I remember we went to Jesseville and played. Uh, it was a very cold game. Very, very cold. Uh, and then uh, the next year we got beat in a state championship game. 
but mm. over my first and second year was dad's or my junior and senior year was dad's first and second year there he coached at beard another three years went 61 and eight so if you're talking about runs yeah we made some runs in yeah. high school and he was he was a big part of it dad was so that's cool y'all obviously football was huge in your family with your dad being a coach and uh everything now did you ever go to church or did y'all go to church at all in Camden or Bearden or well yes and no uh growing up uh, being a coach's kid uh coaches are busy if uh, any listeners don't know that coaches are Even really on Sundays yeah sun- Sunday's a really busy day for coaches so uh they da- dad would always schedule two o'clock coaches meetings so two o'clock till whenever they get done right uh, on so, sunday yeah yeah so uh he'd give time for church but like that was the only time to like sleep in because saturdays was like going to games like peewee games you uh, seventh grade jamborees right there was always something uh, life was just busy yeah and uh of course i Played basketball and then went to baseball and track. That season was busy as well. You'd have Saturday games sometimes. And, uh, man, church really wasn't just a uh, top priority, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe maybe that was a bad word, but, uh, uh, you know, a top priority. Because uh, ultimately it was because the story that happened, I mean, I was saved at a younger age. And because my parents, we were at church, I guess, enough. Right. Uh, but... Uh, no, man, we uh, were never like church members. Didn't you know? Mm-hmm. We hopped around. We would visit here. We'd get in a season that we'd be consistent, uh, but but really wasn't plugged into church how I am now. Mm-hmm. And so I look back on that, kind of regret it. But uh, you live and you learn. I mean, I love my parents, and sometimes they tell me, "Oh, we wish we, you know, could have been in church more, or whatever." And I'm like, "Mom, Dad, it's it's okay." Right? Like, yeah, you wouldn't change it today. No, 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 I wouldn't change it today. Uh, God is still God, and He's going to work how He works, mm-hmm. and He's going to use whoever He wants to. And uh, through His Holy Spirit, I was saved at 11, so uh, I'm thankful for that. But but yeah, we were in and out of church. Family members went to church. And so went to church with friends, uh, several friends with VBS growing up, you know, went to those things with friends, but it wasn't ever my church. It was like I was always the guest. So I, I did up like yeah. three v- VBSs a summer, you know. Yeah. So uh, I was the church hopper, I guess, growing up. Yeah. So you mentioned your salvation at a younger age. What what was that time like, I guess, when you heard, like, the gospel? That time we were actually um, – I wouldn't say heavily involved in church. We were uh, consistently going, I guess, enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, the w- word of God was being preached every time we went. And, and that, that you know, till today is important. You know, the word of God can do a lot of things. And so uh, we were going and uh, at Camden at Emmanuel Baptist Church, which is now Oasis Church in Camden. But uh, growing up, like that, that was like my family's church, yeah. uh, my dad's side of the family. And uh, so, so we'd go there a lot, and they do a revival each year. They they no longer do it, but it was a big deal. Like it was called the Living Christmas Tree, and so it's it's got a drama production with it. There's a big Christmas tree full of people, a choir singing, uh, but the gospel's also being preached. So so I knew uh, through listening to the word, right, listening to preaching, I knew that I was a sinner. You know, that's what hit me first mm-hmm. of realizing that hey. I, I am a sinner. I do fit this category. What now, right? What now? So the gospel's being presented, and I figure out what's next, right? What What's my next uh, step is, hey, I need to be saved. Like, like 
in, in order for me to go to heaven, I need to be saved. I don't think yeah. it was necessarily a fear thing of, uh, oh, I don't want to go to hell. I realized that I was a sinner. I wanted to go to heaven in order to get to heaven. Yeah. I knew that I needed to be saved. So I remember like right in the area of the pew, like I could go there today and go right over there to, to that pew and remember uh, the prayer that I prayed when I was 11 years old at the living Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of my inconsistency in church, I never made that step uh uh, for church membership, for baptism, yeah. I never made that right, and so I, I just knew that I was saved. I knew I was going to heaven. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit convicted me, but uh, that's where it started, right? And, and so that was my spiritual journey. It started there in Camden, Arkansas, yeah. Manual Baptist Church. Still have uh, family going to that church today. Very thankful uh, for that church. That's pretty cool. Then. You end up graduating in 2008, and you head to college. Head to college, yes. That was a uh, that was a fun time. Uh, I'm not going to lie. L- looking back on it, my priorities were so far out of line, uh, and I realized that once I started coaching. Uh, but senior in high school, really it started as a junior, starting to get this college interest. So, like, several D2 schools in the state of Arkansas offered me scholarships, you know, half scholarships. Probably offered the other guys I said that went with you. Yeah, scholarships yeah, yeah. Too. And, and so uh, we're getting uh, – remember Henderson uh, was on me, Arkansas Tech, UAM, uh, like you name what I'm talking to. OBU offered me half. By the way, half at OBU is like a hole at somewhere else. Yeah. So couldn't afford to go there. But there was a school that uh, came in and got me uh, that, that drew my interest was uh, University of Central Arkansas. So uh, I remember Coach Hollinsworth, uh, great guy, great coach. Uh, he came in, recruited me, wanted to bring me in as a tight end and long snapper. And uh, uh, so I went, I signed with them, went there, uh, had a lot of – majority of my school was paid academically. Like, like, uh, so, so they didn't have to offer me uh, much athletic money, right? Yeah. So, so I go to UCA, and I'm there and go, going through camp. And a bunch of things uh, – this is the typical story. Uh, a bunch of things happened. Uh, and – I decided right then, year one, UCA was not the place for me. Uh, uh, you know, was I lied to? Maybe was I misled? Maybe, but UCA was not the place for me. I was not doing what I needed to do. I was not following my dreams. So all the schools that I gave up on, they're still on the table. The D two schools. I remember actually there was a time that I was uh, thinking about going to the Air Force Academy. Like they they were talking to me, but then I found out you had to wake up at four a.m. and iron your bed sheets, and I was like, no, that's not me. <laughs> so I'm not going. So. Uh, Anyway, I quit at UCA, and I decided, hey, I'm going to go uh, to SAU Tech in Camden for the spring semester and uh, transfer somewhere after that, the summer, catch up. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, the first week of classes at UCA in January, it's like second week of January, Bobby Petrino calls me and says, hey, can you be enrolled in school by Friday? It was Wednesday. I was starting school. Friday was the last day to enroll for the spring semester. I was like, I was literally in my vehicle headed to class at SAU Tech, and he called me. And I put the car in park and uh, prayed about it, and I was like, this is where I need to go. This is it. You know, yeah. raise your bags, you know, boom, D1 school. I'm going to transfer. I got to set out a year because uh, of transfer rules and all that. But I was like, hey, I'm going to go up there. Uh, Coach Allen was the one recruiting me there throughout the Christmas season, I guess. There was a recruiting time, and uh, he found out that I was leaving UCA. He knew I was a long snapper, wanted another long snapper on the hill. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm there. 
And so my University of Arkansas journey started uh, 2009, I guess, would be the spring 2009. So went up there and had a good time, graduated uh, University of Arkansas. got several stories about uh, college life, even spiritual life in college. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's where my uh, journey got started in college. Left Bearden High School, graduated, and boom, 2009 spring, I am in Fayetteville. What uh, you mentioned about the spiritual stories in college, what what does that mean? Well, I'll say this. Uh, I was your typical college kid. Uh, and being an athlete, there's uh, a certain stigma that comes with that, uh, carries a lot of weight. You know, you know are, are you the big man on campus? No, but you're held to a different standard. Yeah, I was, that's part, I'm going to jump on that question too, his question, so yeah. you can kind of answer them both at the same time. I was going to ask you, Let's just like crush all the conspiracies and tell us from student athlete perspective, you know, what that college life is like at Fayetteville. Because I'm sure everybody wonders and they have ideas and they they think they yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, right. They think that it know. is it is busy. Uh, and I'll tell you, the busiest part of it is not the season. The season is when we get to relax and mm-hmm. just enjoy the season. Uh, weight training goes from an hour and a half long to 45 minutes during the day. And so, like, you got a lot more time to just relax, focus on class, and focus on Saturday. But, man, it's a constant hustle and bustle. There's Sunday night team meetings, uh, things to be at, study halls. you got to get eight hours of study hall in during the week. And so mix that in after your practice, after your team meals, after your film, after your weight training, and you got eight hours of study hall. You don't have much of a life as a student athlete is, yeah. is the deal. And, and so uh, kind of kind of jumping back on the spiritual side of it, within that I'm thankful for guys uh, because I was saved. I knew it. I wasn't living for the Lord by no means. I, like I said, typical college athlete. Uh, but it, it, there was something uh, special, a standard that I held myself to. I uh, made like a buddy bet back in the day. Like we was like eight or nine, ninth grade. And I, and we were being tempted with alcohol and uh tobacco and drugs and, and so we made like a little pact right that we would not uh we would not drink do drugs any of that stuff yeah. and it stuck like until this day i've never taken a sip of alcohol and uh i don't it, and, and that wasn't even like spiritually led but yeah. i'm thankful uh for that example because i look back uh on it and, and i made a decision that hey by me doing this if it impacts just one person then my decisions was all worth it. Mm-hmm. If I could just impact one person with that story to 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 refrain from using alcohol and drugs and be the college athlete, be the quote-unquote part of the cool club, right? You put the Razorback yeah. uh, sweatshirt on, you walk through campus, and you're held to a different standard. And so uh, the faculty would hold you to a different standard. Like They knew who you were. Uh, but with that comes a lot of uh, responsibility, right? right? So you got to protect the Razorback name. And so, um, did y'all have like a team chaplain? Uh, team chaplain at the time, uh, yes and no. We had uh, an FCA director. Okay. Uh, very thankful for the, for this man. Uh, if he ever hears this, Tyler McMahon, I'm very thankful for you. But he would pour in to uh, our our team so the whole team knew him but whether or not you went to the bible study with him was a different thing right Right. so i remember guys like coach tim horton one of the greatest coaches that i've been around he's now i think back at the air force academy at arkansas auburn uh he's been at 
Vanderbilt, I think, but I think he's back at Air Force Academy now. I need to catch up with him. But, yeah, great influences there. But Tyler McMahon would come in and pour into us each Wednesday right after practice. Uh, we'd get our meal and we'd go do Bible study. And there would be like 20 guys, uh, maybe 30. So a college football team, roughly 110 to 120 guys. Yeah. You had a quarter of the team being poured into and you think about the hustle and bustle of the life and things that we're being exposed to of course uh you hear the stories about you know college parties and the girls and all this stuff uh yeah like a lot of that stuff's true but it's a matter of choices daily choices that Mm -hmm. you make and so i'm very thankful for him some of my teammates i'm thankful for uh put Position guys like Rhett Richardson, uh, these these were the specialists. Uh, Dylan Breeding was our punter, uh, roommate of mine for for a year. Uh, Cameron Bryan, Nick Brewer, uh, another guy wasn't even a football player, Jimmy Kim. We would get together and do uh, Bible studies during the week, and, and that was pretty cool to have teammates uh, inviting you to a Bible study there in the dorm, mm-hmm. and we'd go find a study room, and we would do a Bible study just to us. And, uh, you know, looking back, I'm thankful for those moments, yeah, right? Just a cool. simple uh, college athletes pouring into each other yeah. and studying God's Word together. That was cool. Uh, and that kind of uh, held me to a, uh, a bigger standard, I guess. I was, I was like, hey, these guys that I practice with every day, they see me and think, so now we need to hold each other accountable. Right. And that was pretty cool to have there in college. Uh, but, yeah, man, went through college. Uh uh, wasn't like I said. Wasn't living for the Lord, doing some things I shouldn't have been doing, uh, promoting some things I shouldn't have been promoting. Uh, but the whole time, I, I stayed true to like the alcohol and drugs thing and all that. Never once have. Uh, Which still, uh, you've done told that. you told me stories, and we don't have to dive into them. But many times where you've been to parties and stuff and been yeah. offered it, and you just said, "That's not me," you know. Yeah, uh, funny story. I had a buddy. Uh, his name was Matt Crowder. And we're going over there to this get-together party, if you want to call it. And uh, I don't remember if it was some softball girls. A lot of athletes would hang out uh, together or track girls. There was, somebody came up offered me a drink, and we had just gotten there. And Matt says this, and it was so funny. He says, excuse me, ladies, he can't, he can't drink. He's Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> and I looked at him. I was like, dude, where do you come up with this stuff? And they looked confused, and they just accepted it. Like, okay, I'm going to move on. <laughs> I was you like, are, dude, I got this. You are for Jehovah. <laughs> and and that was so funny to me. Yeah, uh, it was so funny. I was like, dude, I can handle those situations. Like, I'm not being tempted. That that stuff, I mean, if you can convince me that uh, a drink of alcohol is better than a Gatorade, maybe. But you can't convince me of that. Yeah. Those things are good. Well, as as we wrap up <laughs> your time in college, did you ended up graduating yeah. from University of Arkansas. Barely. No, and, no, I did. And I the quick trigger note before you graduate him, and that is, of course, he's a movie star oh yeah that was right after uh this was post-graduation this was my first year of teaching at the end of that timing yeah timing of that we can get into that after the break sure so do you happen as as we wrap this up you know uh your story is a little different than all of ours because you know you're a student athlete in college so you had lots of friends who who were some of your like i guess closest friends that you still have to this day closest friends to this day uh college uh Got a guy, we were roommates on and off here and there. Uh, so, uh, one of my closest friends, best friends forever, uh, he wasn't a college athlete, uh, but buddy of mine growing up, uh, Paul Mosley, uh, lived with him a lot. We we did life together growing up in Camden, and he was at college as well, and we and we roomed together for a while. Uh, but yeah, great college uh, time there. But guys like, uh, 
Josh Throneberry, Telvin Griffin. Uh, these guys were walk-ons just like me at the University of Arkansas. You wouldn't know them. Uh, Ryan Farr, Ronald Watkins from Virginia. I was at his wedding a year and a half ago over in Memphis. Uh, and just guys like that, and we hung out together. Uh, we did some silly stuff together. But the names that you might know, like uh, DJ Williams uh, was a great uh, leader of our team. He's still a friend today. I see him occasionally. We talk and text. Uh, we all also got uh, another CAC grad, and Josh and Ryan were CAC grads, so that's uh, Joe Adams. You probably know that name. Uh, I was friends with him some in college, just naturally with Josh and DJ and Ryan. I would see him a lot. Uh, but there's several more guys. I mean, if I saw them today, like, we'd hang out, no doubt about it. Uh, some big names uh, that you've seen, pro guys and all yeah. that. But I'm not going to name drop here. Uh, they're friends, and I would never do anything. Uh, to hurt them. But, man, great college uh, life. I wouldn't trade anything, but I do. Uh, before we go to break, I do want to say this. Um, uh, I had a great sphere of influence in college, even in high school. And I talked about this uh, in our youth ministry episode about, you know, students, about what they have in uh, high school. But I regret that time. You know, maybe I wasn't doing all the bad stuff, but but I was there. I was promoting it. Right. I mean, we even hosted parties. Like, we had a, a big deal, and, like, we would throw parties for apartment complexes. I remember you and, told me that. Yeah. Like, you were like, you, you didn't is, drink, but you still Yeah, like, it. I was there. And so that, that I regret that to this day. Like, we were even talking about opening up a nightclub, right? And I'm glad the Spirit got a hold of me and was like, hey, no, this is not your life. This is not the route you need right. to go down. And, and, and so real quick, I knew there was something else out there for me. But I want to encourage anybody sitting wherever you are with any workplace, whatever, be an influence where you are. Be where your feet are. Be a good influence because you're going to look back on life and have regrets like me of saying, hey, I could have had an impact at the University of Arkansas in the locker room of the football Razorbacks. But I was just a lot of times just fitting in. Yeah, I was just a follower of whatever the cool thing was to do, and I was just hanging out. I look back, and I'm saying, man, I wish I would have been an impact for the gospel in that locker room, and it would have been Amen. The stories would have been so much better yeah. uh, looking back. But, hey, it gives me an opportunity through knowing guys like that. Yeah. Maybe one day I've, I'll have the chance to open door to make that influence. Yeah. But whoever's listening, be an impact wherever you are today. Yeah, that's cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break real quick, and we'll dive into, you know, after the Razorbacks, after college, and just what came next for Rob uh, in his life. Hey guys, welcome back as we we're diving into Rob's story. You know, we talked about high school, junior high, college, playing for the Razorbacks. And, and Rob, you graduate from Arkansas. And, you know, what's next? What, what's your first step after you graduate? Well, my first step was finding a job. And to be honest with you, I, I almost stayed at Fayetteville to pursue a master's degree. Yeah. I didn't know uh, where I was going to get a job. I was floating around up in. Uh, uh, Springdale, Fayetteville area, Bentonville Rogers, uh, field houses, talking to coaches, was up in Bentonville a lot. And, uh, uh, but, but nothing uh, seemed right. And so I was like, hey, 
dad called me one day. I was like, hey, I got a job opening in Hamburg. Uh, this is where he was. He, he'd been there for a year. He had a position on the junior high staff come open, teaching job. He's like, come home this weekend. I'm going to introduce you to uh, so-and-so. So so I got the – So that would be the fall of 12. This was the fall to it, summer of 12. This, so was, this was in July. I, mm-hmm. I did have one class to finish, mm-hmm. uh, first summer session, uh, to get that finished up. So once I finished that, I was hireable, I guess, uh, the July 4th break. Right after July 4th, I was hired at Hamburg. But, yeah, Dad, Dad called me up and said, hey, come meet this guy. What I did not know is – this guy was the athletic director, uh, Bob Davis, and uh, Dad just said, come up here and meet him. Well, Dad also told me an hour earlier, hey, can you mow the yard for me? So I'm in <laughs> shorts and a cut-off shirt going to an interview. I had no idea that I was going to. Oh, my. And so You I, didn't know it was an interview. No, I'm just going to meet this guy. I'm a college. I hadn't really made my mind up. Yeah. Uh, and so I show up, and it's an interview. Hey, let's go meet the principal. What can you teach? I'm like, uh, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, I'm a uh, seventh-grade math teacher, junior high football junior high head basketball there at hamburg that's cool you know before the break <laughs> i mentioned something about a movie how did that play out yeah so uh uh single guy uh first year coaching and teaching uh that that spring semester we were actually it was about this time of year towards the end of school uh, there was two weeks left of school. I go to a college graduation from one of my close friends in college, forgot to mention, Mitchell Bailey. He had transferred to ULM, finished out there. He was a running back on the team because uh, Arkansas wouldn't give him a scholarship. He ran out of money. He's like, i, I got to go where I can get paid. And so he goes, ULM beats Arkansas at War Memorial. I remember it. Hmm. It was so cool. So so I go to his graduation done at Monroe because of somebody I was hanging out with, uh, my future wife, Haley. Her sister was graduating as well. And so I catch up with him right after, take a picture with him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? He said, hey, I'm going to uh, Fayetteville tomorrow to start uh, shooting this movie Greater. Mitchell was good friends with the Burlesworth family throughout college. I mean, we'd go up a lot of times into their booth at the basketball games, and I met them there, and uh, great people. And so I was just jokingly, I said, hey, man, if y'all need somebody else for that movie, just let me know. <laughs> the next night, I get a phone call from the guy that's like the director of the uh, cast, I guess, and he's like, hey, your friend Mitchell's here. We need a, for a certain scene, we need a guy that knows how to long snap. He said, you were like the long snapper. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I immediately called my superintendent. We, we we were at the sports banquet the following night in Hamburg. It was a Monday. Uh, we was at the sports banquet. I talked to the superintendent. I was like, hey, look, there's two weeks of school left. Was that Dyson then? Yes, yeah. Max Dyson. And uh, I was like, it's a cool opportunity, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher here and coach. I, like, coaching duties were done. Like, we were, you know – School yeah. year's being done. And so I asked him, and he actually encouraged me. He's like, man, this would be a great opportunity. I mean, a coach here, former Razorback, you get to go. Uh, one of our teachers can go be a part of a movie about an uh, uh, in-state guy. I was like, uh, all right, wh- yeah. what I do? He's like, make sure your semester tests are submitted, all this stuff. Make sure you get some sub plans ready, and you're good to go. That's cool. I was like, wow. So, yeah, we went and shot a movie in Fayetteville uh, out um, – Right outside of Fayetteville, Lincoln, I think, uh, there's there a scene shot there. And uh, we did, an, uh, actually, our fourth week was at War Memorial. We were filming, uh, if you've seen the movie Greater, the Tennessee game. Uh, that's like the big one, right? And uh, from Burlesworth years, uh, you know, the, the, the stumble and fumble, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're at War Memorial shooting from like, 
7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Like we were 12 hour shifts and so we'd sleep during the day. They put us up in the hotel uh, that's, I think it's like four points now, but it was like the Hilton. Yeah. We'd stay there and then go right over there to shoot at night. And so that was pretty cool. And then we went back to Fayetteville to shoot a few scenes the following week in the indoor facility at Arkansas for the Colts. Like they had the indoor facility decked out with all Colts stuff. It looked like a professional thing. So we just used the same cast. We'd dress up different and, uh, Pretty cool time. It was pretty cool to see how movies work and right. also get the inside story, meet these uh, actors that was in the movie. Uh, uh, Neil, Neil McDonough, uh, he's a guy that's in a lot of movies, and he's always like portrayed as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him about this guy's a big Christian, big like big faith guy. And uh, that's why he was in the movie, right? Like he wanted yeah. to be this guy, uh, Burlesworth's brother, and uh, just uh, – Working with him, real cool guy. Like you could just go talk to him, and like I actually yeah. helped him uh, teach him how to kick a field goal. He was excited about that, right? Uh, just a specialist new. guy, yeah. you know, and the coach in me. So, so yeah, it was a great time. But he's a great guy. He's always the bad guy in the movie, mm-hmm. but he's a good guy. Like he's a good guy in real life. He's a really good guy. Yeah, that, and that's so, really cool. Yeah, and so, so film that movie, and boom, several years later, uh, it comes out. I forget. Like they kept pushing it back because it gained so much interest. Uh, they was going to have a small Arkansas release, and then all of a sudden they bumped it back like six months because some networks got a hold of it, I guess, and said, oh, wow. hey, we're going to promote this. And it turned out to be a big movie and still nice. is today on Netflix. So if you hadn't seen the movie Greater, great story. Brandon Burlesworth, uh, great walk-on story, become scholarship guy, tragically killed in a car crash before his pro career started. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Great family film. Great family film. So if you're looking for a great family film, Look for greater as well as number 85 uh, for Arkansas Razorbacks in that movie. Uh, you might see my face. and uh, so yeah. A lot younger version. Yeah, there's no facial hair. Uh, they made me shave for it, you know, look younger. So, yeah. Yeah, you did. And so you're working at Hamburg, and uh, you meet a young lady somewhere along the way, and uh, is one of my church members, and you end up coming to Promised Land. Yeah, and uh, I was like – it was my first date with her. I'll tell you, Haley Joe, my first date. She had been around the school. This was the first semester, so my movie career got started, I guess. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a one take, right? It was like that one hit wonder, right? Date, like, hey, yeah. my, my but, but my first date was December 21st, 2012. It was at the end of the first semester, and we go out, we see a movie, go to dinner. Which, she was teaching there at the time at Hamburg. No, no, she she was a college student at Jonesboro, Arkansas State. That's right. She was finishing up college. I know her mom was there, though. Her mom was there. Her mom was a uh, facilitator at the time, eventually became the principal uh, that she is today. And uh, she's actually getting out of being a principal. So that's why she was around. But, but yeah, she was around helping her mom. And her mom helped me out a lot because she was uh, there to help teachers. That was... uh, uh, she was the instructional facilitator, I think was her official title. Uh, but she helped me a lot teaching-wise because I was a PE-trained guy. Like, you put me in a gym with 100 kids, I can control that chaos. Yeah. You put me in a room with desk and math, uh, there's certain things that I wasn't trained for. And so she came in and helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's just naturally, that's where I saw her, met her. And then one thing led to another. There's a buzz going around school, Rob, the single guy, and Haley Joe, and these rumors get started. Which, if you don't know Hamburg, like... <laughs> it's small town. Yeah. 
And so, like, Doesn't everybody knows much. everybody knows Rob's the new guy, and he's single. And everybody, and everybody knows, knows Haley because grew she, up there. Yeah. And they know she's all single, so they're just And like, so they're all, like, the whole school's playing matchmaker. The yeah. whole school's playing matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that was kind of fun, just going back. Those, those memories it was really cool. And, uh, yeah, so we started dating. Uh, started going up. Uh, Jonesboro, she'd be down at Hamburg, and we'd go on dates. And uh, she eventually uh, – I knew – what I was looking for, I knew because the Holy Spirit was leading me. I knew I needed to be in church. I knew that's what I longed for. But I'm like a big family guy. Like I'm, I'm probably not the guy that's going to go by himself. Mm-hmm. And so um, this girl comes along. She's like, "Hey, if you're going to date me, you, you're, you're going to go to church." Mm-hmm. I said, "Yes, ma'am." <laughs> and uh, Promise Land Missionary Baptist Church. Here I come Sunday, right? <laughs> and the uh, rest is history right from there. Which but, it's man. funny looking back on it because. I remember Rob's first Sunday because everybody's like, yo, that's cold. <laughs> Haley Joe has a man with her. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? But everybody knew you too because you were a coach. Coach Rob, that's what they yeah. all knew me as. And, and of course you. Know. you. So a lot of people are probably in the back pew like high-fiving and, and stuff. Like, he's here. <laughs> and Caleb, he was your coach. He was, yep. yeah. Ninth so. grade. Ninth grade. I, yeah, I was I was ninth, ninth grade basketball player Yeah, his first year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I put so Caleb rock. in the game, and they'd all yell, shooter! Yeah, because that's all hey. I could do, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, the, one of the few white kids on the team. Yeah. It's just the way the demographics were yeah. there. Yeah. Caleb you know, was pretty good, though. Yeah, Caleb he was. he could definitely shoot the ball. He inherited his dad's speed, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, Which is so, slow. Yeah. yeah. And in I, case I, you were wondering. I've even got a slower gear than that, but... So you end up, uh, end up baptizing. You joined the church. I remember having that conversation in the foyer of the, yeah. of the those um, green chairs. Yep. You used to take naps in those during which lock-ins. I should, I should make trade. the. I've been doing um, <laughs> the picture to the pod. This, these podcasts different depending on whose story it is. And like Sean Welshman, I should make the picture of the the you baptizing him because I I know where it's at. Oh yeah, I can find it. Yeah, find mm-hmm. it, man. But yeah. So uh, you got one of him standing, him kneeling. I had to put him on his knees yeah. to put him under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was pretty cool. I started getting involved, started serving. Uh, Trey, a good friend of mine, talked to him yesterday. Uh, he was a youth pastor there, and he, he invited me to come get involved, uh, be the games guy. Like that was my job, just just come and facilitate the game with the uh, students. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so that's how I got involved with youth. And then next thing I know, you know, it's like a year later, I'm still floating around. Several people thought I was a church member. I was like, no, like I need to get this right. So I talked to you about baptism i've never been baptized never been a member of a church and so boom uh get baptized that was one thing i loved about small town ministry is like somebody like rob one of the coaches at hamburg could come serve at a church on wednesday nights just just for the game guy but at the same time you knew most of the students there and like you knew their situation and you knew their mom and dad and if you didn't know them like you sort of did, and you could contact them if you you were worried about something, or like just joke around with them all the time. It's like, hey, I know your mama. I'm gonna tell them what you were doing tonight. <laughs> and it, but there was that like really personal relationship in small town, and that's one thing I loved about growing up in Hamburg. Yeah, and I loved just, it. Like I, I loved that aspect of yeah. it because it gave me as a coach, it gave me a bigger platform. Yep. You know, because at school I was very limited on things that I could say. You, yeah, you, my witness and you, if a kid asked me, then I was an open book and tell them. But how many times does a kid ask you about your spiritual life? Yeah, you know, we're always trying to pour in. So it gave me a platform that I could go in. I, I got into some small groups here and there, helped lead with Jim Wells some, and uh, yeah, and just just enjoyed it. Got plugged in, and I was like, man, this is this is. 
this is where I need to be at. Like, yeah. this is important. And it just you know? started uh, like a, you know, the ball started rolling and it became more and more. So yeah. you, and I know part of your story, you end up getting to go to church camp one summer. Yeah, so uh, ended up leaving Hamburg, coaching uh, dad, uh, Buck James, who I talked to him or, or talked about him earlier. Yeah. He was at Camden for a while and he left. And uh, throughout my dad's success, you know, he's been gone from Camden, I think it was eight years. Yeah. They called him. I was like, hey, will you come and be our head coach? And he was like, you know, that's hometown. Uh, parents, His parents are there. You know, our whole family's there. Uh-huh. So he's like, and pay raise, you know. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so I had a decision to make. I was actually, it's kind of, I guess my calling started there. So you're already married at this time. Uh. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, oh, that's right. It was I first year now. at Camden. That's yeah. Right. Uh, I knew that it was coming. Mm-hmm. What's your dad left Hamburg, I was shopping right? for rings. Uh, yes, dad leaves Hamburg. He goes to, to Camden, Camden. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, you know, talks at home. I'm still, you know, I'm just living Did you with stay him. one year at Hamburg? No, no. Almost did. Uh, but uh, I was thinking about getting out of coaching. I actually interviewed at another school uh, in Louisiana. Uh, just to stay local to Hamburg. I love the church. I was dating Haley, and I uh, wanted to stay local there. And uh, interviewed. I uh, got got offered the job, but uh, it came down to it. Uh, I even thought about getting out of coaching, go pursue a job in uh, sports sales, uh, and just a bunch of things. But I knew there was something different other than coaching that I was supposed to do. Yeah. I couldn't pinpoint it though. Like I was just running. Uh, even me and a buddy of mine, uh, we borrowed money from a bank. We were going to open up a restaurant in Hamburg. Like we had the money. Like we were about to, it, the transaction was about to take place this week. Dad got the job. I'm glad it happened because uh, my story wouldn't be the same if it didn't. So Dad finally just tells me, he's like, hey, I need you in Camden. Need need you to come. And I was like, Dad says he needs me. I'm there. So end up going to Camden, coach there, and uh, Haley and I still dating, uh, still going to church in Hamburg. It, it, it was weird. Like we would drive an hour and a half to go to church because uh, she was finishing up her uh, senior year. Mm-hmm. I was in uh, uh, Camden, so I just drive over on weekends. Uh, we'd uh, meet at her parents, and then we'd go to church together, and then I'd go back home. And uh, so that football season, I knew that I was going to marry her, and she was going to finish. Uh, school, so I asked her to marry me uh, the night of the Camden and Hamburg game. We we dad she was still when, in Hamburg. Dad, when he was coaching at Hamburg, scheduled uh, a game series with Camden. So when he became the Camden coach, well, we're still in a contract, so we're coming back to Hamburg to play. And so we're going to Hamburg, and I was a guy, big big family guy, and so I was like, where can both of our families be at the same location and it not be obvious? Football, Football game. game, boom. Yep. Football game, and she tells me to, to this day that uh, she had no idea. Uh, it was like the biggest town secret. I think I was in 10th grade. Yes, yeah. that's right. You, you was 10th or 11th. And I, yeah. I, I, I love football, but yeah. I was okay not going to some football games. Yeah. And I remember my mom and dad saying, hey, y'all, y'all we're going to Camden Hamburg. And I was like, why? I don't why? care. Like, <laughs> and they were like, no, we're no, all going. We're all going. I was like, and she said, just it's stay. It's about to go yeah. down. You're, mom, you're going. I remember in fourth quarter, mom said, she texted me and said, hey, come sit up here by me. And I was like, what are you? Like, no, what? I'm they was keeping it from you. Yeah. 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 And so I go up there, and she said, watch this. And it was right after the game. Yeah. So uh, what, what Haley didn't know is she was sitting by my mom a lot of the game. 
and because she was on the Camden side, so she's sitting by my mom because she was Hamburg fan, and uh, uh, she didn't realize that the ring. I gave to my mom to hold during the game because I'm out there on the field coaching. I'm like, I don't want to lose that, you know. And so uh, I told her after the game, just come pass it to me behind my back. We had so Haley's sitting right beside the ring by her purse the whole game. She had no (laughs) idea. But uh, I actually contacted the cheerleaders from Hamburg for them to make a sign as well as the Camden team to make a sign. So I had both sets of cheerleaders in on this as well. So they got this big sign because we didn't run through a sign. We had that blow-up tunnel thing. And so they pop up these signs after the game. Like, you know, game's over, but they got these huge signs made. And so uh, uh, the first sign uh, was the Camden cheerleaders, and it said – no matter the town or the team, and it had like the Razorback on it from my school, the Red Red Wolf from her school, and then the Hamburg Lion on it and the Cardinal on it. Mm-hmm. The, and, and then that sign dropped down. It said, I want you on my team for life, and it had like a picture of a ring on there. And then she turns around, and I'm sitting there on a knee. Uh, the high school principal at Camden, Gary Stillman, I still remember it. He's telling everybody, get back. You know, he's being the principal because he's in on it too. You know, get back. He's clearing the way. And uh, there's video on Facebook somewhere. Uh, but cool. And she said yes and asked her to marry me. The whole team just jumping for joy. Yeah. We had just won too, right? I don't know what it would have been like if we would lost. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what would the mood be? Yeah. But, but, but we're on the field just celebrated. Yeah. And, and then I feel bad for the Hamburg players. Uh, but they knew me and, and lo- loved those guys, would do anything for me ever. But we're sitting there celebrating again, and they just got beat. So, I, you, you know, looking back as a high school player, that would have been like, get off, Coach Rob, get off the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and so we planned a wedding, got married the following summer, uh, at the end of summer, right before school started. She graduated, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we get a house there in Camden. Second year there, she's a dietitian at the hospital in Camden. Um uh, uh, that's what she went to school for. She did not go to school to be a teacher, and uh, she was dietitian at the Camden Hospital for a year. And then we moved. Uh, actually, we moved to Hamburg because I left Camden. Was not exactly happy. Uh, there were some spiritual stresses in my life, I guess. And so I was like, I got to get away from this situation. But y'all were like, still driving go. to Promised Land, weren't you? Yeah, like we were still because we were we were visiting churches in Camden, but a lot of times we'd be at Promised Land just as much as we were visiting churches. Yeah. And I guess we just loved the Promised Land family, like loved the vibe there. Yeah. Uh, great loving church. And so we we just loved, and it was a time we could go and visit family. Like it was her, you know. So it was like a two for we go see her parents, and then we get to go to church with our church family. And yeah. we, we were trying to find one, just never could. And then next thing you know, the Lord leads us away from Camden, and uh, she ends up going back to college to get her MAT, Master of Arts in Teaching, so she can be- become a classroom teacher. She the following year she leaves being a dietitian. She is now a school teacher at Hamburg, and I get the I actually get hired at Hamburg to coach. I was there for three months. We did spring ball in May. Then I was well, actually two months. I was there in June for workouts, seven on sevens and stuff. And then Drew Central called me a school, little three A school right up the road from Hamburg. Yeah. And we were living in Hamburg. We had just moved there, and uh, they they called me. Will you come be the head coach? I was like, well, that's only like twenty five minute drive. I was like, I'll go. Interviewed and. I told the head coach, I was like, look, the school wants me to be the head coach, whatever. And uh, I've become a head coach at 26, and mm-hmm. she's a teacher in Hamburg. I'm coaching at Drew Central, and uh, good life, good life. Easy Enjoy. highway commute. Oh, yeah, I could be at the school. I uh, wouldn't have to leave till 7.30. I'd get there before 8. <laughs> <laughs> I was late some mornings. So what uh, comes next? What comes next, Y'all, man? I remember uh, in in this part of your your stories, this is where y'all really settle. 
Yeah. But you don't. See, that that was one of the toughest parts of life. We were searching to get settled. I guess. Yeah. That'd be like a good sermon title, right? It just sounds good. Searching to get settled. Uh, so, so, so we were trying to get settled and just, uh, I, I knew, like, like, I'd made a personal commitment. Uh, Haley knew it as well that I was going to be at Drew Central, not known for football, but I was going to build a program and see what happens. I was going to commit to five years. That was my goal, commit to five years. And then we was like, you know what? Hey, it's a great town to be in. We bought a house in Monticello. Easy commute for Haley uh, to get back. She was actually working for her mom. Her mom was a principal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we enjoyed it, man. We bought a house. Uh, life was great. Like, <laughs> nice yard, nice house. And she's teaching. I'm coaching, doing my thing. We're impacting kids. And uh, um, I shouldn't have went to church camp, I guess. <laughs> this is the moral of the story. But uh, the first year I wanted to go to church camp was going to go. Because uh, a lot of your football players went, right? Yeah, so... Uh, when when I was going to church uh, in Hamburg, and uh, with Trey was there, I committed to go and be a sponsor for him. And so, because I was going back to Hamburg, I was like, man, that'd be a great time, be a coach there. I'd already arranged to have that week off. But then I get the head job at Drew Central up the road, and that's like a week before two-a-day starts. And I'm like, ah, Trey, I, man, I can't go. I just like it. This is my first year as a coach. I can't leave that week. It's right before two yeah. days. So uh, uh, I don't go and feel bad about it. I think Haley still goes. I think she goes to be a cell group leader. Uh, uh, maybe not. I don't remember exactly, but uh, uh, missed it. And so I told myself, I'm the head coach. Next summer, I'm going to camp. I'm doing it. Yeah. It's important. A lot of my players had went to camp. They missed that week of uh, weights and practice and all that, and they were going to the camp I was supposed to go to. And uh, I made a commitment. I was going to do that. So before the summer even started, I knew that week was off. I told all the coaches, any family vacations, whatever, trips, shopping, whatever y'all need to do, that's the last week to do it. Yeah. After this, we're we're full tilt boogie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it is time for football. And, and so, uh, yeah, I went to church camp. And like I said earlier in the episode, I was like, hey, I knew there was something else besides coaching, but I thought I'd had it figured out. Head coach at 26, I'm now 27. Uh, I was like, this is this is good right here. You know, I'm, there's some success happening here. Mm-hmm. We're growing. Junior high programs being successful. Seventh grades won some games. Uh, high school didn't win one my first year, uh, but but we're building. We're getting stronger. I mean, we're, we got a weight room now. You know, we didn't have one. Yeah. Uh, and so some things are happening and growing, and I'm seeing some successes. And uh, But the whole time I knew, I was like, I don't know if this is it. I don't know if this is it. But, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a head coach. This is like, you know, yeah. this is it, right? And so, man, I went to church camp, and uh, as soon as I get there, it was like an overwhelming feeling. I knew that this is what I'm supposed to do, uh, and 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 the rest is history. Uh, I mean, weeks before that, I told myself, I was like, now I've said this, I think, before in a podcast, uh, I told myself that I need to do what Trey does. Trey was the youth pastor at Promised Land. I'm sitting there in church. Five minutes later, Trey's walking down the aisle to say I'm going to plant a church. I'm leaving Promised Land. And I was like, there's a job opening here. And I just said, that's what I wanted to do. It mm. was weird. And uh, I just kept that to myself. Haley and I didn't knew about it and ended up going to church camp. And it just solidified the calling. I was like, I yeah. know this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I could just stay here all year. This is, this is it. 
Which I guess uh, can root back all the way to Trey inviting you to do games on Wednesday night. Right. Kind of like, I guess, into the ministry world. Yeah. Got you. So, so moral of the story, if you're listening, if you get involved at church, there's no telling what the Lord's going to do with you. <laughs> Amen. There's no telling, but it's all going to be worth it. Yeah. So how long were you at Drew Central? I was there for two seasons. Uh, I got back, surrendered to the ministry there at Drew Central. I was scared to death to tell anybody because I was like, we got a game Friday night. I was like, what's going on? So I went and I, I first had to tell my uh, team because I told the church, I was like, hey, don't tell, like, don't post anything on Facebook because they took a picture. I was like, don't do any of that. I got to go tell my guys tomorrow morning. Yeah. And uh, I was went, on a Sunday. Yeah. And so Monday morning, we're coming in. Uh, I think this is the week before uh, school started coming in. It's like the second or third week of, uh, of um, football practice. And I told my guys, I was like, hey, uh, Surrender to the ministry. I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but I'm committing to you guys today that I'm going to be here this football season. Yeah. I was like, in the future, I, I don't know. Right. I might be here five years or ten years, but I'm telling you but guys this because I want you to know I'm committing to you this season. And I was scared. I thought they was going to like quit on me. And then I had guys come up and say, Coach, we knew you was going to be a preacher all along. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> would have been good to know that on the front end. Yeah. But, but it just goes back to show kind of the – uh, what I saw as being important. Like, I wasted a lot of time in high school and college, but I knew what was important looking back. Yeah. Spiritual things were much more important than these sports and all that. So yeah. I just used it as a platform to kind of fulfill my purpose. Okay. And, and so uh, the players knew it. I was pouring in them probably a little bit more than I legally should have been doing, but it's a small town. Uh, right. Churches right. everywhere. And I was, you know, if a kid got in the car with me, they was going to hear about Jesus. Which, they was going to hear it. Yeah. Which, let's talk about this real quick. You know, you went to church camp. A lot of your football players, Drew Central, they were there. Monticello yeah. is kind of small town like Hamburg. Yeah. Uh, and so you saw a lot of your football players at camp. Yeah. Did you notice kind of, I guess, them being at camp and kind of take a look back and not really being their coach that week, but see like, hey, this is what is important for these kids? Yeah, uh, that that was really big. I'm glad you asked that. I hadn't really put it into words uh, that. But to go somewhere to where they know that I'm their coach, mm-hmm. you know, they have that level of respect for me. But I'm here for another purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not – we're not worried about winning games. Or drills. Or drills, yeah. nothing like that. We're here to have a good time, and we're going to do it based around the gospel. Right. And so to know that they're there for that, now, some of them probably went there because of girls or whatever, but right. they still knew they were going to church camp. Right. And for them to know that that's what I saw is important, I think looking back that was very important that the players that went and saw me, they knew that this was more important than this week of of practice, than this week of drills, than this week of weights. They saw right. that as way more important. So, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Which we just had a special guest that we've been talking about for a while. Yeah, we have been talking about her, and she just walks by. My wife, Haley, she is here, and my beautiful little girl, Rowan. So, special guest coming into the podcast room and right so now. And so, as we're wrapping this up, what does what does your transition from, you know, surrendering to the ministry yeah. to now? To now? Uh, which you told you, you, we talked about, you told your team, you said, I'm committing to this season. Told my team, and then... That's when it got tough a few weeks later because I had two churches call me like the same time. Yep. Those two churches are the one that right here I'm speaking at today, Sharon, uh, Baptist Church here in Benton, Pastor Michael Reese, who was, uh, was I consider one of my spiritual mentors in my life, probably the only spiritual mentor I had at the time. And uh, 
but Promise Land called me too. So the guy, both of both the pastors were biased because the guy that I would talk to about coming to Sharon was my pastor at Promise Land, Josh. Yeah. Well, he's also called me, and then the pastor that I would talk to about going to Promised Land, about being the youth pastor, was Michael. And I was like, oh, man, I don't have a pastor to talk to in this situation because yeah. how, how are they not going to be biased? Yeah. And so anyway, uh, I talked to Trey Emery. I was like, he's going to be the most unbiased as possible. He's no longer at Promised Land. Talked to him, and he told me something. He said, no matter what, if you're serving the Lord, he's going to bless it. Yeah. That's and true. So Good I came, advice. Yeah, so I came here in view of a call, and uh, I just knew. Uh, Haley knew it as well. She probably knew it before me. As soon as we left the building, we felt a connection here to mm-hmm. the people here, and we felt a need to go there. And, you know, the decision was to come to Benton. Do you remember that FaceTime when he told us? Yes. Did you know? I, yes. We might have talked uh, on the phone, I guess. I, but I was bit. letting him do you know, work at it at his own pace, his own confirmation. And what, what I'm speaking about this FaceTime is I remember Rob FaceTimed us. We were at the house one night, our family, and Rob was like, I don't remember if I knew, but Rob, he, he told everybody, everyone that he surrendered to the ministry. And I remember he FaceTimed you and told us all, and and you said, you told us, you know, I'm committing to my football team this season, but yeah. wherever the Lord leads me next, I don't know. Yeah, and We were all just like, yeah, but so, I saw it coming. <laughs> and so here we are, three and a half years later, yeah, and the Lord here. has blessed this and, and opened so many doors. Yeah, it is so cool to look back on my journey of what we just talked about and all the life experience and the things that I went through as a teenager, as a college student, uh, the the real life that that I look back and regret but also appreciate because I learned so much from. Yeah. I was a part of the real world and I made some stupid boneheaded mistakes growing up, sure, but I learned from all of them and all my teaching and coaching, all that prepared me so much. There was no other uh, course that could have prepared me better to come be a student pastor here at Sharon than my life to, to now. So it's a true calling to be here, and I just love being here. It's, it's a funny story that Rob always tells, you know, um, he always talks about writing a book, the parallels of coaching and ministry. Dude, yeah, they, they're all yep. the same. Yeah, it is so so much the same. And I say this all the time: uh, the definition, if, if you look into a Webster dictionary, one of the definitions of a coach is uh, getting is, is is a covered wagon yeah. that's going to get people or get important people from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. And then I look back on, hey, that's kind of the role of a pastor as well. He's a shepherd. He's getting important people in, in the eyes of God, children of God, from where they are to where God wants them to be. Right. So that's only the difference is getting people from where they are to where they want to be, from where they are to where God wants them to be. And that's much more important than uh, uh, coaching. I'll say yeah. that. Like, it's much more important, but coaching is still an amazing platform to yeah. fulfill that purpose. Coaches have a ministry like no other, yeah. and, and and I like to encourage coaches because they can use it as a bad platform, but there's a great opportunity to use it as a good mm, platform. Yeah, amazing That's really parallels good. There. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. We pray that you've been encouraged and enjoyed hearing uh, just a glimpse into Rob's life of growing up, college, to just where he is now and how the Lord has blessed him and his wife, Haley, and their new baby girl, Rowan. Uh, we hope that we all just... Uh, Join us on this adventure of following Jesus, loving others, and reaching the lost.